Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Andon Ho and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis and psychedelics industries forward. Very few companies in this space need no introduction, and Charlotte's Web is one of them. Today, Ann and guest host Phil Carlson speak with two of the seven Stanley brothers, Jesse and Joel, both pioneers in CBD and whose CBD-rich hemp genetics changed marijuana history. Their brand, named for Charlotte Figgy, a young girl who lived with as many as 300 epileptic seizures a day and who was the feature of the groundbreaking 2013 piece by CNN's Sanjay Gupta called Weed. Through the use of the hemp genetics developed by the Stanley brothers, Figgy experienced an immediate reduction in her epileptic seizures down to just two or three per month. She became one of the most prominent figures in the legalization movement before sadly passing away in 2020 at the age of 13. In this episode, Ann and Phil talk with the brothers about the history of Charlotte's Web, what it's like working with so much of their family, and their insights into what's next for the company. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Jesse and Joel Stanley of Charlotte's Web. Hi, Green Rushers and Donahoe here. Before you dive into this episode, I just wanted to make two quick amendments. Joel and Jesse are the co-founders of Charlotte's Web. I think we were a little loosey-goosey with their titles uh, as the conversation got started, but just wanted to make sure that we noted their accurate roles. And then around the 30-minute mark, Joel says that Charlotte's Web took a full-spectrum hemp extract through the NSF certification process, but it was actually a broad-spectrum hemp extract. Just wanted to make that correction as well. Okay, on with the show. Hey, we have Joel and Jesse Stanley, uh, the Stanley brothers. Um, so Charlotte's Web uh, is one of Anne's favorite childhood books, but uh, this is not the origin of the name of your company. Why Charlotte's Web, and what brought you into the CBD industry? All right. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having us. Joel Stanley here. Um, you know, we we started as a family, um, it, seven brothers in the, you know, what, what we would call the medical marijuana regulatory framework um, back in late 2008. So early days in, in Colorado when it was highly unregulated, but, you know, legal. Um, we call them the caregiver days in which you're designated um, a certain amount of plants per patient that you are caregiver for. And, you know, we started under that model, had a deep belief in the cannabis plant in general. Um, and very quickly, you know, within, I would say, the, the first few months of, of, of working with, with marijuana or high THC cannabis, we were the type to really read all of the published papers that existed on it to find out, you know, how we could best formulate products and, and really help, help people that we were caregivers for. Um, so very quickly, we found this little known word, cannabidiol, CBD, and we began to, um, you know, explore really breeding for that compound. Whereas, you know, through, through the last 
you know, half century of prohibition of the cannabis plant, um, all of the underground, you know, black market breeding was to breed THC levels up. And inadvertently, the CBD levels were just bred down. You really, really can't have both worlds. If you're going to have very high CBD, you're, you're, you're going to have less of the rest of the cannabinoids. Those are the resins of the plant. Um, so we turned to seeking out feral hemp sources as well as the highest CBD testing strains we could find back in back in 2009 and we began a breeding program and you know we ended up with um uh, some very high level highest in the world at the time cbd genetics um and in february 2012 uh we found a perfect match for those genetics in that um, a mother named Paige figgy um came to us in February 2012. She found us. She was looking for high CBD because she had read that it might help with convulsions, which her daughter, Charlotte, was five years old at the time. Um, it, she wanted to try this for her because there were no conventional medications working for her. Uh, she was having about 300 to 400 violent grand mal seizures every week. So she wanted to try this as a last-ditch last effort. Uh, she got you know two of her physicians um, to sign off on, on her trying it experimentally. And we agreed, um, to make what, what was the first batch of what we now call Charlotte's web back in February, 2012. And, you know, Charlotte's story really took off, um, as told by Dr. Sanjay Gupta a year and a half later, which would be August, 2013. He told the story of Charlotte Figgy, which was really the starting gun for the entire CBD industry and a major, shift for cannabis in general. That was when we started to see, you know, even conservative states with many of which we lobbied in and Charlotte's mom, Paige, lobbied in. Um, that was when we saw a major shift for cannabis in general and the start of CBD. So that's kind of why why we looked at CBD and, and a, a quick version of the birthplace of Charlotte's Web. You know, I think we all when we were starting to learn about the space, um, I mean, you guys were so front and center with that story. I mean, I remember the Sanjay Gupta piece. Um, you know, I remember, you know, there was just a lot of media around that, you know, telling this very different story um, of what CBD is and what CBD can be. Um, you know, and I think that was both a little bit of a blessing and a curse maybe that, you know, CBD is used for lots of reasons. Um, but, you know, it's not necessarily this like silver bullet that can be everything to everyone. So I'm wondering if you can give our listeners like uh, a run through of, you know, what CBD is, but also like what are some misconceptions around CBD that, that frustrate you? Yeah. yeah, I think before I answer that, uh, Jesse Stanley here, I wanted to kind of point on one of the things that you said, and then I'll pass it over to Joel for kind of what CBD is because of some of the work he's been doing. He's been diving into it a little deeper than some of the other people in the industry. But, you know, at the time when this came out, it, like for us, it's like nobody really knew what it was. It, research had been done in other countries, but due to the legality, it, hasn't, it hadn't been really studied in the U.S., so a lot of people look to us as the experts. Well, you know, imagine you know, being a toddler driving a, you know, a, a little little trike, trike bike and you have to get on the highway to pave the road for everybody to do it. So we're learning at the same time. 
and we're learning very quickly and, and the stakes are extremely high, obviously, because we're, we're dealing with pediatric epilepsy. So for us, it was like thrown into the lion's den, so to speak, um, and having to learn very quickly and fast. So that wasn't very, I mean, obviously it wasn't easy. A lot of things fell our way, which was, which were great. Sanjay Gupta put us on the map and created a, a, a movement in cannabis, uh, not just in CBD, but shortly after that, you started seeing, you know, state laws drop left and right. And we were traveling around talking about the story. Um, so for us, it was like, you know, what Joel was saying when we got into this, you know, this is 2008. So by nature of the cannabis industry, I think it's like dog years, uh, 14 times seven. We're all well over 100 years old in this industry. So um, we, we know a lot. We're still learning. Uh, cannabis is like, you know, there's over 100 different compounds in cannabis, and we, we really only study a few of them. We know about a lot more of them. We act like, you know, we know more than we do. Um because there's so many experts out there, but CBD specifically where we um, kind of got our name uh, was really prevalent for us and, and being allowing us to tell our story and for others that were using it to tell their story. So I'll let Joel kind of take over what CBD is um, and uh, what does CB do, Joel? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, are you a CB do or are you a CB don't? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, you know, one one part of the foundation story that I left out that I think is very important, but also goes to your point of this being double-edged and not being a silver bullet for everyone is that, you know, Charlotte did. She went from 300 to 400 violent seizures um, to none or, or one-ish per month, um, you know, and then she lived the rest of her life that way. And that's that was profound. And we did see that um, over and over. Sanjay told the story and there are, you know, about 30% of all pediatric epilepsy is considered intractable. So that means that these folks are just not treated by conventional medicines. So there are a lot of desperate families out there and, there's, and, and there are many of them still out there, even, even with this new option. But it isn't a silver bullet for everyone, not with an epilepsy or um, any mood state or disease state. Um, but it is highly effective for some. So, you know, for some, it was really a game changer for for their child, for for themselves. There are, there are many adults um, that have had fantastic efficacy, um, but it isn't, you know, just like any other um, medical option, it, it's it, it's an option. And some things work really well for some people and some don't um, for sometimes the exact same uh, disease state or genetic mutation, it'll work really well for one person and not and not for another. Um, but what it isn't as well, you know, that that was very double edged. You know, we had a lot of these families get their hopes up. More than 500 families moved to Colorado to access Charlotte's Web and be on our waiting list for it, which grew to over 15,000 people. Many of those people found relief and many of them did not. You know, I, that's important to note in people's expectations for CBD. Uh, and, and that, to me, you know, now that we've seen over 10 years of this phenomenon, it goes the same for everything. Let's take disease states out of it and move into mood states. For some people, you know, they it, they swear that this is reducing their anxiety and they won't live without it. Um, and then there are people that um, that that it's not, you know, as efficacious for. And so. You know, but what's important here, the the 
the problem with knowing who's a, who responds well to it and who doesn't also leads into another part of the conversation. And that's that <clears throat> for the first few years of the CBD industry, almost all of the products, and I can say this with confidence and I am an authority on it, almost all of the products didn't even have CBD in it. And that's a shame, but you know, the same thing happened with other dietary supplement trends and fads. Uh, same thing happened with acai, with omegas, and virtually any other, you know, St. John's wort, any other ashwagandha, you name it, because the dietary supplement industry is not as regulated as pharmaceuticals. And there are a certain amount of players in those industries that realize that there's no one to catch them. And so they have a runway of time to sell virtually snake oil. The FDA tested many of those products. You know, this is three years after we started with uh, Charlotte Figgy. The FDA tested those products and um, there was a paper that, that, that came out that was independent of the FDA from, uh, uh, it was an investigator at Johns Hopkins and one at UPenn, um, you know, in which the FDA said, and this paper said, you know, the majority of these products don't have the active ingredient or are so terribly mislabeled in the amount of the active ingredient that what's unfortunate is that there are many, there are thousands of people that in the early days think that they, you know, quote, tried CBD when unfortunately we don't know how many of them actually didn't. And they're probably never going to go back and try it again. So they'll never know whether or not it was going to work for them or not. Right. Right. Well, what were they using? If they, if it wasn't CBD, they were just putting olive oil. Well, well, I mean, one, you know, uh, well, uh, I would say commonly, well, commonly hemp seed oil was a hemp common seed one. oil was number one, but a lot of it was they didn't understand either. So whenever people were saying hemp oil, they're like, well, you know, I can buy hemp oil. Some of it was, you know, was bad practice. There's no doubt about it. And some of it was just, you know, stupidity. Um, and the reality is, is that that's that's the cannabis industry in general. Sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of people that are not very that are not knowledgeable in cannabis, right? What is THC, THCV, all these other compounds? They go into, you know, a medical marijuana state and they ask a bud tender what they what they want. Well, you know, our practice in anything should be go start low, go slow. Well, some people take 10 milligrams and that's just too much for them. And then their response later is, well, I tried it, but it wasn't for me because they mm-hmm. were uncomfortable. And, and that's the problem with, with unregulated industries and without having a true voice in, in the science. The science is there and it's catching up with the anecdotal evidence that we know. But I know so many people where I just I, I don't I don't necessarily have to apologize, but I do feel like, you know, I'm constantly battling. Well, you know, maybe maybe you just didn't have the right thing. And so for some people. We've lost them. And the sad thing is for CBD, because there's so many out there, 4,000 brands, most of them do have CBD in them today. Uh, some probably still don't. But how you Yeah, source, because the supply chain is, is there now. Yeah, I mean, we've had yeah. farmers growing it now. So it's, you know, the, the milligrams exist, whereas... In 2013, 14, and even 15, the, just the milligrams didn't. didn't exist for all those brands. And so the good brands, and I know many good brands besides Charlotte's Web, the good brands came out very sustainably and honestly, but so many didn't. Yeah. 
But if it's not manufactured right and it's sourced from Romania or China or wherever, you can't really ask the questions that you might need to ask and the validity of the test, right? So are you taking 50 milligrams? What's that, What else is in the product? Like there may be CBD in it, but it's not enough. And to Joel's point, it, it, it's not a silver bullet. Um, but unfortunately, I actually think it is more efficacious than probably the news out there for people that say, I've tried it, didn't really help. I just don't think they got a really good product. Um, which, I'll be honest. I, like when we first got into the industry years ago, um, I, I remember I was out in Oregon visiting a client and I had terrible plantar fasciitis. And I'm like hobbling around his facilities and everything. And he's like, you know, what the hell's wrong with you, buddy? And I'm like, listen, I got plantar fasciitis. I've had five shots of cortisone in my foot. I can't shake this thing for the life of me. He tells me full spectrum CBD. And I'm like, there's like 800 brands out there. I'm like, I can go to a gas station and who knows what's on. And he's like, listen, get Charlotte's web. He told me to get your original, the original uh, version that you had. And I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll give it a shot. I, you know, I've tried everything else. Literally after two weeks, it was gone. And I was told you have to use it every day for at least two weeks to get it into your system. And then, you know, then it should work. And it, re- and it really did. It, it really helped me out. And so, you know, I, I actually use your original product now uh, on a daily basis, but you also have other products on your website. You know, what's the difference between like the original strain that you have on there and the other stuff that you have on there? Like, uh, you know, the everyday version. Mm-hmm. Well, first, Phil, I want to I want to send you a care package. Thank, thank you for sharing that because the success stories are they always they never get old. So thank you. It works for me as well. I, and I, they were like, "What kind did you use?" I'm like, "Charlotte's Web," and now they use it every day. So yes, we are big fans. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think you know our story resonates, and and as we speak, we'll talk about the quality and what we did and why I think we we're differentiated from everybody else just due to, again, going back to it, the first person to take our product was a little girl dealing with epilepsy, you know, and we recently did a deal with Major League Baseball where we're the official CBD of Major League Baseball, which is a huge deal and monumental in sports that a that uh, one of the big, uh, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL came out and stepped out and did this. Um, they did it with us. And whenever I sat with them, I told them, I said, look, if it's good enough for Charlotte, it's good enough for fucking Aaron Judge. And that was that. that You're was, talking that to two Yankee just, fans too, Justin. So. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. And that's literally what I told him. I was like, the way we did it is like, you know, I, I feel confident in giving this to anybody because who was taking the product. But so original formula for that matter has never changed. Original formula is the same product that Charlotte took. And we never changed it. And the reason why we didn't change it is because people were having such amazing results with it. And could we have been maybe more efficient in different areas, gone to CO2? And and it's not to say we don't have products that do that. Absolutely. But when people rely on this, you know, think of it like any pharmaceutical. Our thought was this has to be the most standardized, non-deviated product so that we can replicate the results over and over and over again. And to do that in botanical medicine, going back to the conversation we're having, is very difficult. There's over 100 different compounds. Now, I wish I could show you uh, the test results on a graph of where original formula sits, but there's pharmaceuticals that don't hit that type of quality and uh, standardization. And that is a testament, really, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a little air in his, his chest here and in his head here is Joel. Joel 
realized this from a GMP standpoint, putting it under FDA register registry, started hiring people from the drug world and from uh, FDA world to come in and make the, to me, what is second to none lab, especially back in those days for cannabis. And that's really what, what kind of spearheaded to where you have the results you have and other people's have the results that, that they have. Our product does not differentiate. We use the, you know, the same genetics, um, uh, seed to self is what we call it or seed to health. We control all of it. Um, as opposed to sourcing from this person, sourcing from that person. So I, it's something we're very proud of. Some of the other products that are on there are, are more for people to try it. Um, whereas original formula is that uh, gold standard product as, uh, as far as we, uh, as far as we look at it. Uh, that's, um, that's very well put. I would, I would add one more piece of credit there, you know, Paige Figgy and Heather Jackson, Heather Jackson was the, um, uh, the second responder, third child to try to try Charlotte's web was to Kai and Heather was his mom. And the two of them helped us help the Stanley brothers with the nonprofit organization. And they, uh, you know, I think it was easy for us to, to shoot for high quality control, but they demanded it because their precious kids were medically fragile. And that's, that's, it was kind of a perfect storm to develop. Um, a really standardized system that I think all botanical um, extracts and supplements should should follow and hopefully will one day. So and this kind of like leads me into the conversation about, um, you know, the way that the especially the U.S. has approached, you know, cannabis and CBD, you know, THC, CBD is that, um, you know, through the farm bill, it's, you know, we can, you know, legally farm, farm hemp and, you know, all of that stuff, but it has been more of a consumer package goods. Like it seems like the U S has taken its foot off the gas on, on research that would certainly help folks like you out. Like you guys are doing it on your own and that burden is on you. And a lot of it's anecdotal, but what does Biden's announcement a couple weeks ago now uh, on exploring the descheduling or rescheduling how does that impact your business you know jesse runs runs the uh, still medical cannabis high thc side of the stanley brothers businesses i'd love to hear his thoughts yeah i mean you know cannabis to you you really hit the nail on the head in that it was moving very quickly right all of a sudden, all these states are dropping. There's regulation, new products. People are doing multi-state operators are operating in different states. Science, uh, Tilray had a science department at one point. Canopy had one. Everybody was pushing this agenda forward, thinking that the imminent was going to happen, legalization. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. And you saw the green rush, no pun intended for your, uh, <laughs> your uh, podcast, turn into the green flush. And all of these publicly traded companies. That's who our sister podcast. Really, uh, Sorry. Oh, well, I, I, I got the invitation. I'm excited to be, I'm excited to be on that. Uh, we can invite uh, uh, MedMen on there. And we can, uh, um, but that's that's really what what kind of paused everything. And honestly, I think everybody has their opinions on it. My opinion is. You know, now they're in a position where it's like, look, states can operate, can do what they want to do. Uh, we're not really spending the money on enforcing anymore. Uh, people that want it can get it. They can go to a state that has it. And 
they think that they've solved that problem, but the reality is they haven't because there's still people incarcerated for it. Science has stopped in, in the movement in those aspects. Uh, you know, the cost of cannabis is significantly higher. Go to California and check it out. Oh. Like the black market is four times the size of, of the, the regulated industry. And it's like, it's broken. The system is broken. So if they were to decriminalize, it's a step in the right direction. But truth be told, what I'm looking for is uh, what they call, you know, the Safe Banking Act or, you know, somewhere where they can regulate it and get their grubby little hands on this. Because once they do that, then you'll start seeing the laws drop left and right. Once they figure out how to get the tax money on it and all that type of stuff, that's really when I think we'll start to see the movement. So for Charlotte's Web, um, it it doesn't it does a lot just from kind of being uh, partnered with cannabis in that way, but we're more of a dietary supplement. So uh, I think we'll get the, 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 the wind in our sails, so to speak. But on the THC side, all of a sudden it'll be a scramble for who can create the biggest brand. Cause right now brands are state by state. Nobody's really created a national brand. Like the only national brands are publicly traded tickers, right? So canopy, uh, cure leaf and these types of things, but most people wouldn't even know what their product portfolio is. So that's really what I think Joel and I are excited about. My brothers are because that's one thing we love to do is tell a story and, and all brands have a story and ours has a very powerful story, obviously, but there's not a whole lot of, I was looking through you guys' podcast uh, uh, invitees before I jumped on and there's tons, there's tons of stories out there. There's pioneers, there's people that are just trying to make a quick buck. There's people that are, you know, have really amazing stories and there's people from wall street and all this other type of stuff, but it's really going to be a scramble on who can resonate who can create trust and make something that's efficacious is standardized so that you're using it. If you buy it in California and you get it in Florida, it's the same. And who can tell that story that somebody um, resonates with? And, you know, our hope is that we can do that and create a product that's, you know, low barrier to entry and, and capitalize on an amazing industry that's only going to grow. And is it how many people get to be in an industry where you get to make money and you get to help people because while not a panacea, it does help a lot of people. And that's, I mean, it's people are like regulate like alcohol. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is different. This is actually healthy. So it's super exciting times. Love what Biden, where he went, but frankly, to be honest with you, I've heard it for about eight years. So who knows? I just hope the pardons stick, you know, that part of it, you know, I have to, you know, major credit. I was so happy to see it. I did a little dance around my coffee table and I hope that the pardons and the, um, you know, it's both uh, the, uh, uh, felony records and all of that. I hope that that sticks and gets implemented. Um, cause that's a game changer for thousands and thousands of Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, going back to the the brands, uh, you, you know, you, you state that there isn't one big national brand, but you, you guys ha- have that brand recognition, right? Like, it, well, proving to put out a quality product because how else, you know, you guys have signed this partnership with Major League Baseball. Like, how did you, how did you get that? that like, that's that's huge. Yeah. Well, again, it goes back to like the brand side is the story. What can you resonate with? And Little Charlotte's story is the most powerful story in most categories because of how amazing um, she was, what it did for her, what it did for other families. And, you know, we get as brothers 
and and people that work in our companies, we get to be stewards of that story, which is really amazing. Um, it also creates a trust, right? And when building brands, you need that trust. And that was really MLB's decision when I sat down with them. You know, it, it, the brothers are kind of no bullshit guys. We say what we say, and um, it it we we get to tell the story in a, in a very passionate way because it means a lot to us. And when they heard that. And then they saw the quality of what we backed up with, with, with what we put into our infrastructure. Uh, and Jared, obviously not on the podcast, um, is the CEO over at Charlotte's Web. And he really has set up a second to none operate, operating um, system. And whenever they chatted with him, they were like, well, d- there's only one person to do this with, right? So Charlotte's Web is the most recognized brand in cannabis probably worldwide. Um, and with that, it's that's the CBD side. But the other aisle, THC, we still operate in. And our hope is, is that through these channels and through these stories and through some of these agreements and relationships that we've we've uh, somewhat pioneered, that our brands can be, um, you know, relevant upon legalization, which gives people the same trust, the same quality, same standardization in some of our other products like Recreate, Stanley Brothers Cannabis, um, Edapt. I mean, we, we've created a lot of brands and we're looking forward to bring those out to the to the world here over the course of the next couple of years. We think we know the answer to this question, but do you envision other sports leagues um, coming on board down the road or even other, I'm just trying to think of other like, organizations, the Olympic committees, the, like, is that something that, that you guys foresee, like, are they knocking down your door? So they have, they've reached out quite a bit. Uh, we've had conversations before MLB, MLB just made the most sense, um, in a strategic partnership. Uh, they're, they run their organization like family. We're a family business. So it just kind of synced, but I do know that others are moving forward. One of the big hurdles again was NSF certified. Um, the fact that we got NSF certified and we are able to get NSF certified, which is a massive hurdle for anybody in cannabis. Like it's not easy to do. And we are the first ones to take a full hemp extract through, um, through to NSF. Uh, I think with that, uh, you know, obviously the teams have reached out to us, other organizations will reach out to us, but you know, for us, um, these deals aren't aren't cheap. <laughs> um, yeah. You st- that you know money is still involved in these things. So we're gonna we're really gonna be powered by MLB and 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 really lean into this relationship. I don't think that others can go simply do what we just did because of one the money the financial commitment that it takes, but also the NSF certification. So our hope is is to create a a Gatorade like approach to this where we partner with the other leagues and uh, I, we really feel like that's the future. Um, you know, whether that be here in the States or, you know, with uh, football in, in, in Europe or soccer, as we call it. So uh, a lot of interest, um, but we, we want to be responsible with the relationship that we have and, and not uh, boil the ocean. Gotcha. Um, just uh, in terms of the partnership, like I, are like are the are the players using all of the products? Are they using you know the capsules or like the CBD medic brand? Like, I'm just trying to think how the partnership works. Is uh, are you guys? You know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, go, ahead, Justin, go ahead. 
Well, I, I was just going to say, I, I, I really, you know, kind of spearheaded this. So I, I, it's probably more my wheelhouse, but we are building out a sports line at Charlotte's Web. So they're starting with all the products definitely being available, but we just launched a sport tincture, which NSF certified. Over the course of the next year, you're going to start seeing more products roll out under that sports line, whether that be uh, a new uh, topical line uh, in Finally, finally, some drink additives and some beverages in 2023. Um, but we've got, we got to get all those NSF certified. So they are certainly available um, to the players. And come spring training next year, we're going to be working with the trainers. We're going to be working with the teams to educate people. But, you know, it's interesting. I've actually I was actually with uh, CC Sabathia a couple eh, about a week ago. And CC was like, look, all the players are using these products. They've been using these products. They've been using your products. This is just the stamp of approval by the governing body for what we already know, right? We all know cannabis is healthy. We just need these governing bodies, these, 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 uh, these organizations that are designated by three letters to start making these statements and putting these laws into place and doing these types of deals so that people can come, you know, out of the closet that have already used it. But, you know, we're super excited with the major league baseball because, uh, you know, they're, you know, 8 million followers, obviously 162 games. Uh, we've already seen our logo on the pitcher's mound behind home plate in the batter's box. It's just, honestly, for me as a sports guy, I, I'm so proud of it. And I, I couldn't be happier with the relationship. And just to see Charlotte's Web in baseball stadiums is wild. Like, who would have thought, again, we're 100 years old in the industry, but... Uh, it's uh, it really is cool considering how long it took to get to this point. I have a question too about like the the ins and outs of this certification. So for those who don't, for our listeners who may not know, the, the NSF certified products are only for sport, and they're only so that's basically the the golden ticket you need in order to provide any of these leagues with product, right? None of them are going to touch it without NSF certification. Um, and a lot of that is because of the players, the players are, if it's not NSF certified, they're not even going to touch it. So, um, it's, it's, it's another, I guess, certification that gives the assurance of the league that they've kind of put this in place. And you've yeah. we've seen it with the NHL, NFL, NBA, all the others, they just, and they, and they have to do this and I get it why they're doing it. If the FDA would register this and we could move forward on this, then it would be probably less important to them, but it's not that way. So it's their certification to ensure that it's the highest quality because the last thing they need is a player to have, you know, a bad experience and non-standardized. And then they're complaining because the players have their union and then there's the league and you want that relationship to be really, really, uh, you know, uh, really good obviously so what is awesome about mlb mlb is like all right our players are dealing with uh, fatigue uh sleep issues inflammation and you know what they went out they went out and said we're going to give them a product that they that they want to take are taking now we can make it fully legal fully transparent and kudos for them for doing that because you know the nfl should do it shit they should have done it a long time ago um and the fact that they're they're catching up just goes to show you the chasm there is between the NFL and MLB, in my opinion, for how they treat their players. So 
you have basically like you are the brand in CBD. What you know? What about some of the other cannabinoids like CBG, CBN? Like there's something for CBN for Charlotte's Web. I'm sure I would buy mm-hmm. my a year supply of that stuff for you from you guys. But um, you know what? What's what's in the pipeline that you guys have? Uh, Joel, do you want to tackle this or do you want me to sure. tackle it? Or? <clears throat> sure. So, um, uh, one of the, one of the elements that was built at, at, at Charlotte's web over many years, and this is really large credit to our brother, Jared. Um, he's, he's still an executive over there and he built a, a breeding division breeding program in which, you know, <clears throat> Charlotte's web's first patented genetic, which was the first, um, first patented cannabis genetic um, through the US PTO ever was that genetic that went into Charlotte's Web original formula, the first thing we made for Charlotte. Well, since then, I think they have eight or nine um, patents on different varieties. And a part of their breeding program, I spent some time um, with their uh, with their with their breeding division fairly recently. Um, and so in their in their pipeline and agricultural capability, um, you know, they really have the, the minor cannabinoid basis covered, you know, and you've got, um, you know, cannabigerol, CBG, cannabichromine, CBC, um, you know, THCV. And uh, it, there's not a ton known about each, each one of these minor cannabinoids, um, although some information is starting to come. Now, you know, most of the research that's done is, is not the gold standard, um, you know, uh, pivotal clinical trial type research, but it's really the signal finding research. And, um, you know, I think we can, we can look at it and say each one of these cannabinoids, uh, may do something unique in and of themselves. But what's more important to me is that when you have a full spectrum extract of any one of these strains, and I don't want to just say that it's only, you know, one of our strains that's special, any one of these strains has the potential to be special, um, for a different person is each one of the strains has a phytochemical, phytocannabinoid and terpene fingerprint that really works together. We don't fully understand why from a, from a mechanism of action standpoint, um, but suffice it to say that uh, cannabidiol CBD alone is going to operate very differently than when it's in the presence of say CBG, CBC, some level of CBN, and then some of the terpenes like beta-caryophylline or linalool or lemonine. Um, you know, some of those terpenes actually um, are agonist at the CB2 receptor site. And it appears that they that they modulate in a very meaningful way what CBD or even THC do. So I think it's important that we study the individual cannabinoids, get excited about that. That's great. What we're going to learn in the next 10 years of research is going to be amazing. But we shouldn't leave behind the idea that there are specific fingerprints to each genetic that can be very special that are independent of one cannabinoid, but probably include multiple of them. Damn. So, I mean, I think that (laughs) Joel, I'm going to just pivot a little bit because it seems like, you know, over at Charlotte's web, you're just hanging out and you kind of feel like you have a little more time on your hands. And so you decide to become the CEO of another company called Ajna. Um, so I'm wondering, I feel like this is a good link to, to, to that business and what you guys are doing there. Um, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Why you were so bored? You felt the need to, to get another CEO title. (laughs) Well, well, before you do that, 
before you do that with Joel, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and tune off here because this is where the nerdery starts. Um, <laughs> we and, love uh, nerdery. Uh, no, I, I'm super excited about what Joel's about to talk about because it's the next iteration of, of Stanley Brothers. But uh, yeah, Joel, give him, give him the, uh, the nerdery uh, facts here. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm presently sitting in my office at Ajna Biosciences, A-J-N-A. Um, it's a, it's an interesting word. It's a very ancient word comes from Sanskrit people that are into yoga or Eastern philosophies already know the word. It represents the third eye chakra. Um, and you know, we chose that name for a good reason, which I'll get into, but, um, it, it foundationally what we learned going through Charlotte's story and all the families that had similar response to Charlotte with the simple plant extract, we call Charlotte's web. What we learned is that the power of those multiple molecules operating within a within a botanical extract, um, you know, oftentimes can be just as efficacious, if not more, sometimes with with even less side effect than conventional drugs. Um, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of our drugs are single molecules, and not many people know this, but it's really only a hundred years ago that we first isolated or synthesized a drug, and it started with um, Bayer and acetyl salicylic acid, which is aspirin. Um, it, so just 100 years ago, the human body experienced a concentrated single molecule. And we since then started to develop all of our Western medicine and all of our pharmaceuticals that way. And it's not that that's bad because we have many great tools there, but we completely left behind botanical medicine. Um, and believe it or not, there's uh, there's a relatively new FDA regulatory pathway that I learned when I was CEO at Charlotte's Web. Um, the FDA said, look, you have people using this product for a disease state. And even though we couldn't make any claims about that, that's what was happening. And they said, you're really a botanical drug. We have this new pathway called botanical drug development. Um, and believe it or not, there are only two botanically designated drugs approved through the FDA at this point. That's how new it is. Even though we learned all of our molecules from plants or almost all of them from plants and then we isolated them or synthesized them and created conventional drugs you know they all really originally came from plants and so ajna takes everything we learned about standardizing a botanical and everything we learned about the fda and western medicine and regulatory process it combines all of it with modern laboratory technology to standardize new botanicals in such a way that they can make it through the fda drug approval process and therefore be covered by insurance and prescribed by physicians with confidence because they have clinical science behind them and so um, it's, it's weird that this is new botanical medicine botanical drugs but it is, it's, it's quite new. And so Ajna has <laughs> new yeah, to the yeah. Western world. Yeah. That's right. New to Western medicine. Uh, but we're really going back to nature um, to partner for the first time with modern laboratory. And, you know, to be perfectly clear, our laboratory and analytical capabilities to characterize a botanical substance and all of the molecules in it, that's a fairly new um, phenomenon. So it takes state-of-the-art technology merges it with nature to go back and now have all of the great clinical science and all the great parts of FDA approval applied to the ancient medicines. And that's what Ajna is doing. And, you know, we, we received a DEA schedule one license at the beginning of this year, something that, you know, we wanted for a long time dealing with cannabis and, you know, it just wasn't available. It shows how much the world has changed since 
we started in 2008 and now we have a DEA Schedule 1 license and two rooms over from me, there are psilocybin mushrooms being cultivated in multiple ways for the development of a botanical psilocybin candidate um, for psychiatric disorders. And, you know, then we also have a, uh, we have a, have a cannabinoid based project in the works, but Ajna Biosciences is built um, for longer than my lifetime to pursue um, some of those ancient rib remedies and marry them with modern science so that we now have um, new options in the medical ecosystem. So is this, so for Ajna Biosciences, are you guys then, I'm trying to think of more of like a life sciences company versus? Yeah, it's really a drug development company, but what is very unique about it and very rare about it is, is that it is a botanical drug development company. So to put it into perspective, um, <clears throat> somewhere between 20 and 25% of conventional drugs are still derived from plants, but they're not um, really full spectrum extracts. They're isolated molecules. A good example is morphine. Morphine still comes from poppy um, grown in Afghanistan or Mexico. It's still extracted from poppy. And then the, the one opioid molecule that is morphine is, it, is further um, isolated through chromatography and it goes into a pill, but it's still plant derived. Whereas, um, you know, it, a true botanical drug is, is going to be more characteristic of the botanical, the plant or, or fungi that it came from itself. So it's, it's a biotech drug development company um, that is exclusive to botanical focus. What can we expect from Ajna Biosciences here over the next two to three years then? That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. What I'm, what I expect from it is to have the third botanical drug approved, which would be actually the first, um, first oral systemic botanical drug approved. And you know, to be honest, I think that because it's novel and not many folks, you know, ha have that perfect mixture of modern lab. Um, FDA clinical development experience and botanical standardization. There's just no one doing this. You know, we may be the third, fourth, and fifth botanical drugs on the market. And what I what I expect over you know 10 and 15 years from Asna um, is to create our own competition and to prove out that oftentimes nature already had the answer. We just needed to partner with it in the right way. And of course, it's more expensive. You know. Um, to get a drug approved, you know, you're looking at anywhere between say 200 million and a billion dollars and several years of, of clinical development and research, um, totally different manufacturing practices and protocols. So it's not an easy undertaking, but for us, you know, it, this is in our DNA. We learned it over the last decade, um, interfacing with regulatory and the cannabis plant. Um, so to me, it's not terribly difficult, but it's, um, um, you know, some people call it God's work, people that don't, you know, you have conventional drug developers that are really good at what they do and they've been doing it for years and they look at botanical drug development and their eyes go cross-eyed and they say, that's God's work, you know, good luck. Whereas, you know, the people that understand, you know, and one of our consultants, um, fortunately, he wrote the FDA's botanical drug development guidance. Um, and he's, he's said over and over that, you know, Compounds like like cannabis, compounds like psilocybin mushrooms, um, are perfect fits to go through the botanical drug development guidance platform. So it's a it's a doable proposition, but 
you know, it takes a little bit of time and I, I don't expect to see this third FDA approved botanical drug, um, you know, inside of I'll say two years and a two year timeline would be highly aggressive. So what would you, what would you be treating then? Like what, what are some of the things that you would use this for? Like, or like, I'm sure. Just, so I'll, 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 I'll speak to uh, psilocybin right now. And we do, you know, we are on the heels of certain announcements and I, and, and, you know, if our timing were a little better for this, I could, I could share more about one of the, one of the products in the, in the pipeline, but I'll speak to psilocybin. Um, you know, you look at um, the only real psilocybin drug that's moving through the FDA right now is, is a synthetic single molecule. Um, which is still going to be a great drug, in my opinion, and that's for for generalized um, uh, anxiety and more specifically um, the un, the untreated anxiety. And that's done by uh, Compass Pathways, and it's called uh, Comp Three Hundred and Sixty. Is that drug's name? Um, so, as a botanical, you know this this can go for the same type of indications. It, it it's um, you know really open for botanicals as well because. In conventional drug development, you know, you you synthesize one molecule and then you patent that and then you get exclusivity on that one molecule, that exact molecule or that exact drug on an indication. With botanical drug development, because your substance is, is so very different, you have a very unique formulation that has multiple molecules and it's a very different drug, you don't end up in that race that conventional pharmaceuticals have over new molecules, which is to lock out an indication. So within psychiatry, um, anyone that knows anything about psilocybin and other psychedelics, the opportunity from depression, addiction, uh, PTSD, the opportunities to help solve those problems are are really there. And I think we all know that these 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 compounds work for it. So we haven't chosen our first indication for the psilocybin drug, but but those are the types of indications and problems we'll be going after to solve. I this just came to me. I have just one more question on the the Ajna side. So you know these the 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 botanicals you're choosing to to research are are you know, have come from, from you guys, right? Would you ever, if someone came to you and said, um, you know, I have something, you know, with the, the ayahuasca plant, you know, and want to, um, develop protocols or, you know, uh, do, do research, would you act like a contract research organization for them? Or is it something sort that of. you're like, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is, that's a very good question. And I'll tell you, you know, we've, we've already had one, potential co-development partnership approaches about ayahuasca. Um, oh, and see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a very viable option. And I'll tell you, you know, that one in particular um, is, is something that I know that this company will get to in its, in its lifetime, but it, it has a couple of guardrails. I'll just talk about ayahuasca for a second. Um, you know, one is that it's not only a botanical drug, but it's also a combination drug. So the ayahuasca brew that is used is mm -hmm. two plants. It's the ayahuasca vine and typically chacruna leaf that are put together. One side has an MAOI, monoamine oxidase inhibitor. The other side has the DMT that creates the psychedelic experience. Um, so that's a combination drug, which makes it a little bit more complicated to move through with the FDA, probably not the best first choice for the third botanical drug to be approved. And then there's also, there's really a lot of, uh, of sensitivity to the world of medicine carriers, say shamans, and also indigenous peoples that that brought that wisdom 
um, to Western culture. And now it's traveling, which I'm happy that it is. It's, it's a beautiful medicine. Um, but there's a lot to go over there. And so, you know, Ajna as a fairly new company is, is making its appropriate inroads for, um, for reciprocity with the, you know, original, let's call them plant keepers and medicine keepers that, that taught us these things. And so I do want to get to ayahuasca, but back to the question real quick. Yes. So Ajna is built as a botanical drug development platform capable of taking any botanic, standardizing it, characterizing it, which is a very difficult part, um, and taking it to the FDA for clinical trials. Now, our clinical team can execute those clinical trials or a company could interface with us and co-develop a product in which we really handle that chemistry manufacturing controls, GMP, um, and you know investigational new drug characterization process for them, and they could have their own clinical team. So it's it's built for co-development and it doesn't have to be psychedelic. We, we're, we're looking at several right now that are not psychedelic to put in the pipeline because there are many botanics that can that really have proven to work. Some of them are known, some of them are lesser known, um, you know, but used in different parts of the world highly effectively that have nothing to do with the psychedelic experience. So, you know, it's really about botanical drugs in general and finding the ones that are going to help people the most um, that we can standardize and, and move into the FDA system. Okay. Um, Jesse, uh, just checking in on you, my friend, uh, you know, lots of nerdy <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> but, um, I, I love have, it, man. It, no, it's, it, it's, it's great. And we love what you guys are doing, you know, at, 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 at Charlotte's web and national biosciences. Um, just a quick question for, for the both of you, you know, what's next for CBD? Like, what, what are we seeing here in terms of like innovations? What can we expect coming down the road here? Yeah, um, I'll touch that. And then I think Joel, Joel already kind of touched it from potential drug development, botanical drug development in the future, uh, right. cannabis and a lot of uh, the other compounds. Uh, but CBD specifically, I think, I think we're circling back. Um, I think we're getting back to the question. So Paige Figgy has been mentioned a few times uh, at being Charlotte's mom, uh, also a very dear sister to the brothers. She is working on getting, uh, you know, the uh, Washington, D.C. to make their mind up about regulating uh, CBD and getting the FDA to come in and, and, and regulating. So that is, I think, the next step. I believe that'll happen in the next year. I mean, it could happen, you know, uh, this year. Who knows? But uh, getting an act of Congress is necessary for the FDA to come in and start uh, regulating this product, which people desperately need. I know it, it, it sounds as you know, guys that have a CBD, you know, business that obviously it would be good for us and it would be good for us, but just because it would be good for us and selfishly from the business standpoint, it would be good, but it would weed out a lot of the bad players. Um, it also define what is legal full, full spectrum, but broad spectrum, because going back to the, the, the isolate aspect and what Joel was talking about earlier from the drug development standpoint, CBD isolate while harmless in, in a lot of ways, is it fits the drug preclusion. It fits the pharmace pharmaceutical way. And a lot of people are putting just straight CBD isolate in their beverages. Well, I would 
we don't need to get into the science of it, but everybody knows the entourage effect. And, and CBD just tends to be more helpful whenever combined with the way the plant is grown with the flavonoids and terpenes and other cannabinoids, whether they be minor or major. Um, and that's really our, our belief. And we're going to continue to, to stick with that. Uh, being a full full spectrum or broad spectrum, um, some places because of CDLs and other places the THC has to be pulled out or non-detectable. So I think we're rolling back to the next wave of regulation. Uh, and then with that, I think you're going to see the bigger, the bigger brands come in. Um, I think you're going to start seeing with MLBE, that announcement, you're going to start seeing big box retailers take it, whether that be Costco, Target, um, Amazon, so on and so forth. Uh, and then I also think you're going to start seeing some some M&A activity for sure in the space where people will buy up brands, you know, your Utilevers, Coca-Cola and other people are going to start investigating this as this becomes legal. And, you know, say... You know, it sucks. I'm, I'm a mom and pop type of guy. I like the mom and pop dispensaries as opposed to the the conglomerate, MedMen's, Green Solutions, Native Roots, those types of places. Um, and, and, that, and that's going to be tough for some people, but it's also going to be an opportunity for people to partner and push their brands out with, with you know, industries that have bigger platforms. For Charlotte's Web specifically, we we're different than just a product. We're a mission and the brothers are still very involved and our story and what we want out of it has got to stay the same. So if one of those big box places, Unilever and others came to us, it, it would have to be with some guardrails because we will never take off the quality. We're not going to mass produce this in a way that just getting it out. So uh, this is our life's work. Uh, when we met Charlotte, uh, all those years ago, she gave my family purpose and that purpose doesn't end with any dollar sign or any offer or any that kind of a way. So for us, the next iteration and everything we do is bringing earth back to the surface. Um, and Joel got to talk about Ajna. Charlotte's web will, will continue in the cannabinoid, uh, uh, development, whether that's minors or specifically CBD. And then, we're going to look at mushrooms. We're going to look at other botanicals. And uh, we're, we really are trying to create a house of wellness. Uh, my family is. And with people that work with us and partner with us, I think we're going to be able to do that over the course of the next couple of years. Jesse, you mentioned family a bunch of times there. And actually, family has been mentioned you know, throughout this conversation. My last question to you guys is, what's it like to work with family? Um, I'll go first. Um, frustrating at times, um, but with any frustration, um, there's that illuminating aspect of it. And it's beautiful when you join hands and, and accomplish goals like MLB or um, starting your drug development company like Ajna. We, we've always been very close. We're not like other families. Um, you know, Joel and I, and all my brothers, we chat on a regular basis, whether it's through Zoom, phone calls, texts. We see each other regularly. Um, we each, you know, parent each other's kids, although I don't have any. Uh, I get to be the one that gets to pass them back. Um, but I, I get to be the funkle. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I wouldn't change any of it. Um, 
I wouldn't change any of it and how it's defined us as humans, how it's defined us as brothers and the respect that we have for each other. It challenges you in a different way. Um, you don't want to let your brothers down. Um, and honestly, for me personally, I think I've become having worked with, uh, you know, jo and we're all J's, Josh, Joel, uh, John, Jordan, Jared, and Jay Austin. It's, it's made me a better leader. It's made me a better CEO. It's made me a better uh, operator. Um, and for that, I, I'll always be thankful. Uh, they're my brothers first, but they're also my friends and they know that. And I, uh, as much as we can yell at each other, we, we share some pretty badass times. I gotta say. Yeah, I, that was well put. I, you know, the early years of working together and we did, we grew up building forts together, fighting off bullies together you know, whatever it was. So, you know, we had a foundation to work together, but the early years of really working together in a stressful industry, you couldn't get banking and you're afraid you're going to get thrown in jail in the early days. We, we had some fist fights. That was a real thing that, that we had to work through. And it's, you know, that's just so few and far between these days. And what we've realized and what I know about my brothers is each one of them and my sisters, well, stick with the brothers because they were the founders of, of this, of the first company. They, each one of them has an attribute that the rest of us don't have. Um, and I could name it for each one of them. And, and it's true. And, you know, it's, it's a really great group of people to be born into. And, and, and we're all very blessed for that. But I'll go through a couple of them real quick. And that is, you know, Jesse's marketing mind and his vision into partnerships and relationships and product development is second to none. And that's where MLB came from. Jesse gave birth to that. He fostered that. And then he passed it over to be executed on some technical points on Jared, who is really the best operator I've ever seen. You know, all the while I'm over, you know, doing the nerdy thing and an assembling scientist for Ajna. So, you know, it's it's a pleasure to get to to get to work with them. And it's a double-edged sword that I think we've learned how to wield very well. There's a Stanley sister. Four of them. There's four of them. <laughs> There's four. four. So that's 11 children in total. If that. Mm, was... That's correct. No, it's, yep. it's wild. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's a uh, Joel, Joel coined it and I use it a lot, but coming to my family for any holidays, like taking a drink out of a fire hydrant. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it's overwhelming. So if you're a, a, a potential suitor, when you show up to the, the first, it's like, what in the fuck did yeah. I just get into? And my mom is one of 10 and it is very, it was very much like that growing up, like chaos, but in the best way. It is fun, actually. I wouldn't change we've, it for anything. Yeah, we've learned to deal with chaos. I will say that that's the normal peace, <laughs> peace and quiet, peace and quiet for me. I love, but at the same time, it's like, uh, what is this? This yeah. is so weird. Is, is, or something's is this wrong. I am legend. <laughs> is the world falling apart? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, um, you know, you're the the that idea of family and that, that brotherhood and, um, you know, that really does come through in the brand that you guys have created. And, you know, just thank you for the work that you've done. You really were, you know, pioneers and are pioneers in this space. And, um, you know, we've been big fans for a long time and we're psyched to keep following you guys. Well, we thank appreciate you so much coming on. It means a lot. And we love telling our story and we look actually, honestly, you asked for the next couple of years, like, 
we look forward to maybe getting a couple of the other brothers back on after we uh, we launched Osno fully and a couple of the other things, and we can give you an update on everything we're doing. But uh, we really do appreciate the time and, uh, and uh, look forward to doing this again. Thank you to Joel and Jesse Stanley, the Stanley brothers of Charlotte's Web. Check them out and what they're doing over at charlottesweb.com. And to find us, check us out at The Green Rush. Nope, let's try that again. The Green Rush underscore podcast on Insta and the underscore Green Rush on Twitter, such as it is. Our email is greenrush at KCSA. Keep the emails coming. We love hearing from you. And please subscribe in your favorite podcatcher to The Green Rush. Thanks again for listening. That's one take, Shay. One take.